We're excited to be partnered with Gulfstream Park for their championship meeting, highlighting the new Tropical Turf Pick 3, now three days a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The wager includes three turf races every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with a competitive 15% takeout. Additionally, the bet features a $3 minimum wager and will run even if the races are moved from the turf to the tapita. Don't miss our Tropical Turf Pick 3 handicapping shows all throughout the month of January to get all your tips and analysis. Welcome to the In The Money Players Podcast. This is your show for Friday, January 5th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in Gallery 55, upstairs from the Brooklyn Bunker. Too cold in the bunker down in uh, New York City today. So sitting up here, plus family away, visiting uh, relatives. So for, for once, it's, uh, it's a little quiet around here, which is actually kind of nice when it comes to handicapping and getting work done. Can't remember the last... Um, night that I was able to just sit there quietly and handicap as I was for these races. Usually it's get up early while everybody's asleep. A man who is uh, never asleep when it comes to picking winners on these shows will be joining me to kick things off today. Coming to us from, he'll tell us, Jonathan Kinchin. What's up, JK? Yeah, yeah, no, the plane of Texas and it's cold down here, which is shocking. I mean, it's not cold, but like, Real you know, cold or like Texas? No, cold? no, no. Like, I, and I know what real cold feels like now, but like being away from Saratoga, we, we, we have this nice little situation where we spend a lot of time in Saratoga and in Austin. And like, we, we come, we leave there. It's supposed to be warm when we get here. And it's like, I don't know. It's like 50. I mean, Austin wore shorts and a, and a sweatshirt to school today. So like, it's not <laughs> devastating, but he's also, you know, he's at that age where like, you know, he's, he just doesn't make a lot of sense with his, his clothing as, as I'm, as I'm aware of that as someone who's taken a child to a restaurant in pajamas on more than one occasion I know exactly what you mean well luckily I mean you know I used to let him do whatever he wanted because he was a kid but now uh Jovanina will fashion police him if he tries to <laughs> crazy to dinner so he's he's uh he's stepping his game up quite a bit and he's also at that age now you know girls and if you wear something dumb to school people are gonna be like you're wearing something dumb to school so he's he's changing on his own on his own accord. It's pretty funny. We are here today to do a little bit of a, a little, little bit something different because we've been covering Santa Anita, but uh, very specifically today, our friends at Santa Anita wanted us to promote the return of a bet that we did a whole lot with last year. Hopefully we'll be doing more with this year as, uh, as things go along, but the, the coast to coast wager is back JK. And this is one, you know, we had, it didn't hit it as many times as we wanted last year, but the the one time we hit it paid for about uh, 80% of it. I'd say on these shows wasn't uh what wasn't too bad all in all, but this is a bet that I know you're a fan of. Yeah, no, a huge fan. 50% takeout. Um, there's a hundred percent carryover uh, to the next day. If there's no five winners, there's no consolation. So never mad at that. And you know, this just reminds me, it's a little nostalgic to me. I know you, I know you remember the Magna five back in the day sure. they used to do when I was first tuning in on HRTV. I loved that quick, quick action from track to track to track. 
so often we find ourselves in these sequences and it's fine. It's what it is. But, and I, and I even as a homer of New York racing, but it happens to us all the time. You got some maiden 40 in the middle of the sequence. You got a handicap. You don't want to give me the five best races spread around. And it's a lot of fun. You know, we have the cross country in New York as well. And it, it does really well. I love that. And this coast to coast, I think is a ton of fun. Um, it, it makes, it makes a ton of sense. And the other thing from a game selection point of view is that we've seen that the biggest computer teams, there's computer money in these pools for sure. You can see that by how much money comes in late, but it's, it's a lesser percentage and it seems like it isn't the biggest players for whatever reason. So I'm not saying it's easy. If you want to tackle these races, you, you got to have a budget. You got to know what you're doing, but it is a little bit easier. I'd say than playing your average, uh, your average late in the day uh, 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 pick five at, at many, many, at many, many yeah. different venues. And the, the dollar minimum helps too, right? And the, you know, the dollar minimum relative to the, to the predicted pool size, at least at this point, you know, if this wager continues to grow in the way that, that I think it should, and we hope that it does, then I think that the computers probably will get invited in a little bit more because the money will be enough that it makes more sense for them. But I think right now it's in that real sweet spot where, the, the, the dollar minimum makes it harder for them to cover all the possible combinations with, with in taking all the meat off the bone. I think there's still meat on the bone for players like us and our listeners. I tend to agree. Let's dive in. Uh, we're going to be going. I'm calling my shot too. We're going to, we're going to hit this one. I like it. I, I, I like these races. Um, need a couple of things to go right for sure, but, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think we're going to get off to a good start. The sequence starts with race number nine at Gulfstream. This is going to be three-year-old fillies uh, going a mile. And you point out about the good racing. Stakes racing. This is the ginger brew stakes. I thought it was pretty interesting little setup. I'm going to go first, Jonathan, which I don't always do. Uh, you don't usually do in the first race. But I actually had an opinion here. I really liked number six, Wakes You, in this spot. I thought that race on debut was terrific. From a handy position, the time came back strong. And this is a horse who, while the pace projector on time form has her on the lead in this spot in a race with a lot of other speed, I don't see any reason why she can't get a perfect trip in here, sitting just off the pace and finishing. I'm a big fan of of Wakes You in this spot. And this is the horse I wanted to talk about the most. Uh, you know, it's a bold move to, uh, to to single early, and I don't think I'll do that. A couple others I might throw in include uh, Yatta uh, with Washeen uh, Murphy up. This uh, Yoshida filly that I think looks like potentially the best closer. And there is a uh, an obvious uh, favorite in here, number 12, Life's an Audible, that I don't think I, I would be particularly in the mood to fade unless just absolutely bet off the boards. Has some decent stakes for him there from uh, the Miss Grillo back in October. That's second to hard to justify. Things didn't really work out in the BC Juvenile Phillies turf, but this is obviously a drop in class. Those are the three that I'm going to probably be using in various combinations, but the six runner would be a press for me. And we talked before about how you know, just because this shows the coast to coast pick five doesn't mean, hey, if that's out of your budget or what have you, go ahead and just bet these races individually. And we want to talk about them that way as well. And, and I like the six runner as a strong key for me here to kick things off in the coast to coast. Yeah, I'm going to spread in here a little bit. I think there's a couple of horses that, that, that kind of fit in. The four, Ozara. I tried to beat her last time. Remember, I told you that Saratoga, she had that perfect trip that got Tyler Gaffaleone ride of the week um, that kind of, you know, that got her to her maiden win. But then, I just felt like she was always going to be a little bit over bet and then she wins. I still think that there's probably some 
some in you know some value in trying to take her on. I think she's going to be played a little bit, but she kind of proved that she is actually pretty darn good last time. So I'll keep her in the mix. I'll use the six as well, and and I even looked it up, Pete, because that's how that's how prepared I am for this one. Uh, it's Was Kisiu, which is some lake in in Canada. So oh my goodness, Kisiu. Well, wonders never cease. Being pr- corrected <laughs> by pronunci- on pronunciation by you on an in the money package. It took five years, Jonathan, but it's finally well, happened. Look, hey, it, it took you about that long to win a head to head, so we're even. Um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, yeah, I know. I agree with you on that. I think the stretch out uh, last time, uh, the horse ran well. Fordly placed that kind of trip does well at Goldstream. The seven San. Uh, Pantaleo. I didn't, I didn't look that one up. Hopefully I pronounced that right. That looks good. Uh, you know, uh, we'll have to see what happens with uh Waski CU. If that horse is like aggressively put on the front end, it's not really junior style or Bill Mott style. So Correct. I do think the seven can make the front for Johnny and, and Bill Mott here, especially with Mott having both of them. I think he'll probably send one rate the other. I like both of them if they both get comfortable trips. And I think they probably will since they're the kind of the main competition for one another. Uh, the 10 Yada I have to use who ran, who ran well last time in the Jimmy Durante, but it was the race before that at Keelan that I fell in love with closing into a slow pace. It's my favorite thing uh, in racing. You look at time form us to suggest the same thing. And then the 12 life's an audible, just a talented horse who, who uh, you know, didn't take a lot of money in the breeders cup juvenile fillies and didn't particularly pick up, her feet, but she does have some talent. She's shown that in the past and she's drawn outside in the clear with Irad makes a little bit of sense. I'll spread here because I'm going to get skinny uh, in the next race and, uh, and a couple of others moving forward. So any A's or B's or top pick for the notes I'm going to send around to everybody on the, in the money plus side. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe the seven and the 10 would be kind of my a, like my pressy types, the ones that, that kind of make me feel warm and fuzzy about the sequence. You know, if the four or the 12 win, I'm going to be a little, ugh, but I, I, yeah. I have to protect the other opinions I have in the sequence. So I hear that dollar minimum, I think that you can, you know, I, I think of the dollar minimum when you can afford to spread, the consequences aren't nearly as dire as when you're playing a 50 cent minimum. When you play a 50 cent minimum and you spread and you catch a favorite, it stings your equity a heck of a lot more than if you're playing the dollar minimum, you catch a favorite. It doesn't hurt nearly as bad. That's a contrarian opinion that I actually really, really like. I also think that dollar minimum will force you to make those decisions later so you're not over, over spreading. So, I, I, I mean, I definitely take your point on that. It's one that's probably for, worthy of uh, further discussion later. And looking at this again, I need new glasses or something because the pronunciation on this, man, I, I don't blow them. That might be my worst pronunciation on the show. Since Alcibiades, JK, because yes, it's very clearly Waskisu. Now that I see it, I, I somehow got the S out, out of there completely. Anyway, apologies to the connections as we move on to race number 10 at Gulfstream. Interesting situation here. We're on the dirt. We've got stakes racing. It's the Limehouse stakes, 100,000 in the pot. And you've got two runners here who are going to be, the market's going to make this a two horse race, I think. And uh, we've got a lot of dirt form to go on. We've got a synth race. Um, and we got a, uh, and, we, and we've got a turf race and, and we're trying to figure it out. I'll let you go first here. Yeah. I mean, I love Valiant Force as a single for me. This horse ran extremely well, uh, last time won at 150 to one famously at Ascot, um, yep. this summer, late spring, whatever you want to call it. And the, the, the last one, two, three, four dirt works make me think, okay, this horse has got over the ground. They've established the horse that can handle the, the dirt. I mean, it's a Malibu moon colt out of yep. a quality road mare. So it's supposed to be better you, on dirt. 
yeah, if this horse can't run on dirt, that's a, that's a wild, wild situation. So for me, I'm in a single valiant force, ice cold. I don't need anybody else. Um, and, and, and that'll, will advance through race 10 and just try to catch this thing the rest of the way. I, I love this horse in this spot. I don't have a ton to add, except I'm a, maybe a little more cowardly than you. And the big figure from Cuban Thunder makes me want to try to consider keeping outside as like more of a, just like a deep backup kind of a situation, or maybe I'll single and play this four two as well, but I am going to list the four as a B um, and yeah, Valiant Force. So you, you said it all, man. It's supposed to be faster on dirt, on blood, and the fast works add to the appeal. That brings us to leg C, where we run out to uh, Santa Anita for this one. Um, is it race number <laughs> five? Race, race number, number five. five. Three-year-old maiden special weights. We're going six furlongs. And uh, well, this was an interesting race. I, I had trouble... I had trouble narrowing here. There were there were four I have listed in my notes. I put EJ won the cup on top with the pace angle and the good recent work. I thought that the three, El Ray Ray, ran better than it looked on debut, grinding away, trying to close into a slow pace. The form of that race is inconclusive. I looked into it 0 for 4 in terms of winners, but looking through the field, I, I don't think it's – I think it's going to be okay for him. I think the figure is going to probably end up being the figure there. The 10 Island Cruiser had a note about being Rosario'd last time, but that might not be fair. Might just not have been fast enough. This horse was bet hard on debut. Saddlers don't typically improve as much second time out as other horses, but this horse doesn't really have to improve. So I wanted some 10s. I listed all three of those as A's, and I put in as a deep backup the four, the Medici. Um, I thought this horse was a little bit interesting with getting the full makeover, first time turf for uh, – for, for McCarthy, you know, gelding, Lasix, blinkers. This is just one. It's like pet trainer play, call it, where this horse is going to be a huge price for a guy I really trust doing so many things different. I didn't want to be on the outside looking in if this one gets the job done. 11, 3, 10, 4. How do you see it? Yeah, I'm going to go 2, 4, 10, but I want to say something I think that's a bigger picture thing to consider. I, I think people should just just be in, be aware and, and remind yourself that uh, as these horses all had their birthday last week, um, from, from two to three, there's gonna be a lot of horses that are getting Lasix for the first time. Um, you know, certain racetracks that don't allow two-year-olds to run on Lasix. Now you're going to see these horses switching to Lasix. So keep an eye on that because you might get some jump up performances or some improves that you might not have seen coming. Um, I'm going to use the two money makes money uh, on the inside who missed the break last time going five furlongs turf sprinting at Del Mar, which is an impossible trip in my opinion to really to win off of when you do that, when you miss the break like that. Um, and now switches, uh, you know, going a little bit longer, but that style suggests it shouldn't be a problem. That'll be my top pick in here. I'll use the four, uh, Dita Michi, who is a, you know, getting turf, putting blinkers on, getting Lasix for a trainer that I like with a rider that I like. It's like every, it's like check, 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 mm-hmm. check. No problem there at that price. I think that price will probably come down as well. And then the 10 Island cruiser, um, who who went the six and a half last time and after breaking slow came running uh, Joel Rosario Sadler Ronis Racing Catalina Cruiser uh, there's a lot of synergy there between all that whole group and I think another one that should run well so two four and ten I'll use them all as A's but I will pick the two as like kind of my top pick I guess I, I I think maybe I just thought I was too spready to use the two and just didn't love thinking that race was coming apart a bit late. But gosh, as, as hot as Glatt is and 
you know, as a possible best closer, I, I am a little bit tempted to uh, to throw that one in. We'll, we'll see how the tickets look when when it comes time to, uh, to to draw them up. But you definitely make a compelling case for your top pick there. Let's zip back to Gulfstream Park, JK, for their 11th race, which comes up as leg D in the sequence. We're back on the turf with stakes racing, the Donya Beach stakes field of 10 going post. We're here and we'll keep it with you. I'm just going to use two horses, the six and the 10, two horses that are exiting the Breeders' Cup. Um, the six air, air recruit for, for Arnold Delacour, who uh, has that kind of tactical forward speed, which you like. And when I feel like I can get the best speed horse and I can get the 10, the best closer, uh, Agate Road, it, it feels good, right? You feel like you're in a position where you can kind of do something. And uh, I, I, thought that, uh, I thought the 10, Agate Road ran well and one that I want to make sure that I have as well. So those are the only two I need in here, and I feel like I can lock this race up with those two horses. I get it, and I'm very, very similar. I do have a preference for Agate Road, just obvious to me. The fastest horse, I thought, who's going to probably get a great setup, but Air Recruit also has been so impressive heading into the Breeders' Cup and and won if I can keep on side, I will. You know, sometimes when we say this this far out, we haven't sat down. We don't have the scratches. You know, we'll we'll put tickets together and we'll see. But sometimes I'll list one as a B in the notes, but then cost-wise or whatever, I'll try to find another way of keeping it on side. With my usual technique like this, I could see a situation where I have a lot singled to Agate Road and some skinny tickets um, with Air Recruit. And if those skinny tickets with Air Recruit aren't still alive here, I will be definitely having a 610 exacta in that spot uh, in case they just go ahead and run one, two. And if Agate Road wasn't good enough to run second, well, then I would just wasn't sharp enough about my opinion in this race and I'll miss it. So we'll see where that goes as we head back out west to close this thing out with a race going on the downhill. Uh, configuration we love. So happy to have back for a while now at Santa Anita. Phillies and mares four and up um, in a race that time form has with a, uh, a, a slow pace. Not something you always see with a turf sprint. Very curious though, JK, how we're going to close this thing out. Yeah, I'm going to spread here and, and, and it's, it's not the cheapest ticket in the world because of these spreads in the first leg and in the, in the last leg, but I do feel like I was pretty efficient in the middle legs. Um, I, I need, I need six horses here. One, two, four, five, seven, eight, one, two, four, five, seven, and eight. I thought Lunar Impact, uh, cast member, uh, Miss Lizzie, uh, Irresistible Force, um, and uh, took Diamonds. and Diamonds Dancing. I thought those were all just the horses. They all kind of look the same. They all have races in their last couple of races that look extremely similar. I guess the one that I'm leaving off is the six, Arantini, which, you know, until you see a workout report, there's really no way to know um, where this horse is. I just know that she was entered – and an allowance race on January 8th of last year, scratched. November 23rd, or November 4th of last year, scratched. December 1st of last year, scratched. Like, she just keeps scratching. Like, so it, I, don't, I don't understand how good she may or may not be. But, um, you know, like I said, I'll have to wait to see what the workout report says on her. But I'll just spread in here and hope that uh, with Valiant Force winning, great, you know, Gulfstream's 10th, locking up the 11th with the 6th and the 10th, that, uh, that that hopefully that you know I can catch a price in 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 the ninth race at Gulfstream and the last race at uh, at Santa. You know my next question: Are we grading them or do we have a top pick? 
These all feel the same to me. I mean, okay. honestly, and, 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 and in these situations like this, when, you know, say I'm on the show on the Fox show and I have a cross country pick five or something that I have to do. And I pick six horses in one race. And they, then they ask me, Hey, who's your pick in the race by default. Sometimes what I do is I'll just pick the longest price horse. Right. Well, that because makes like, sense. I'm, if I'm using six of them as using A's, them equally, the one you want to win, therefore your top pick is the longest price. Because if I didn't like the horse enough to pick on top, then why the hell am I using it as an A horse? Why wouldn't I just use it as a B horse? So that's kind of the logic. And conversely, if I pick the favorite, then why the hell am I going six deep if the favorite is my top choice? That really makes no sense. Um, I mean, I've done it. (laughs) But you know I hate the race if I do that. That's like... You really shouldn't be betting that race as an individual, and you probably shouldn't be betting a sequence that that race is in when you get to that situation. Yeah. But all right, one, two, four, five, seven, eight, I wrote down for you. I like Lunar Impact a lot in here. Ran big, I thought, against the flow um, on on debut, and I thought that horse might – that might be – uh, the, against the flow part might be masking the fact that this horse has really improved. So I, I want it for sure. Cast member, I agree with you on, looks like a great candidate for the cutback. And I thought it would be forwardly placed in this spot. And then you mentioned about Arantini. Arantini. I can't, I, I've noticed something else. I make these notes late at night and then I don't, um, I don't proofread them. Arantini. So I have to check them again to keep myself from embarrassing myself. I I usually don't blow pronunciations like this if you're a new if you're a new listener, but hey, something new every day. So hard to know. This is a tough one. You wish this horse was in the first leg of the sequence so you could see some betting. It's going to be blind and 477 day layoff. But I'll say this: it's Mandela. He scratched the horse a billion times. So if the horse isn't ready. I think they'd probably just scratch again. Maybe it's just a starting out point. If there's a poor workout report and the horse runs, you almost definitely don't need. If this horse isn't bet, you probably don't need. But I have to leave in just because Mandela's flying at the moment and he does have this club in his bag of having one ready off the bench. JK, that's all the time we have for this segment. Want to encourage people also to check out our shows about the all-turf pick threes. We're actually going to be talking about two of the same races again on the Saturday show for the all-turf pick three. Maybe that'll be a bit of a truncated show as a result of that, but we'll go over it there as well. And then we'll have a Sunday all-turf pick three show for Gulfstream as well. Lots of stuff going on at Santa Anita this weekend, as you've heard about elsewhere in the show. We'll be back right after this. It's another big weekend out at Santa Anita. Don't miss out on the fun, the return of the Coast to Coast Pick 5 on January 6th with its $1 minimum and player-friendly 15% takeout post times of 12 o'clock on both the 6th and the 7th. Remember, the traditional Pick 6 is back, $1 minimum and a carryover. If one player doesn't hit 6 of 6, there's a live money contest this weekend on the 6th and 7th, the formerly a $40 handicapping contest is now in a new 20 and 20 format. $20 is bankroll, $20 to prize pool, and you can win entries into the next $500 handicapping challenge. Also, great stuff in terms of the Showvivor and the Pick'em contest every weekend. Go to santaanita.com slash contest to learn more. And that's pretty much the show for this January 5th. want to thank everybody for tuning in. Unusual time of year. Obviously, we've got the focus on Florida and California. Looking forward to bringing some more clients back soon and continuing to bring you the coverage that we like to do around here. Hopefully, helping you find some winners and have some fun along the way. If you've got questions about horse racing, hit us up. 
you can get to my own personal email if you put a message through inthemoneypodcast.com slash contact portal. Happy to guide you along with uh, whatever you got, whether it's contests or a question about wagering. We really love interacting with our fans and uh, listeners around here. Makes stuff a lot of fun. Best way to keep track of all the content we have cooking, probably our free email, inthemoneypodcast.com slash email. For that one, make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. We're going to have some cool uh, early derby content on the YouTube channel next week. And there's great derby stuff up right now over at inthemoneypodcast.com. It's one of the most underrated aspects of what we do is the free, terrific coverage brought to you by the likes of Eric DeCoster and Eric Solomon and Dean Kepler, Jackson Muniz, and uh, Chris Couples, John Pinder, the rest of the team over there. There's so much good stuff. It's all absolutely free. Feel free to uh, check it out and uh, reach out to the team on Twitter, too. Let's get some conversations going about these races. That's when things get really fun. The Eric DeCoster uh, Derby Top 10. We'll probably use that as the jumping off point for our show next week. And we'll be doing uh, video and audio and, and generally speaking, having a good time. We've got more than ever planned for you around the run up to the Triple Crown races this year. Let's do some thank yous. We're going to thank uh, our founding partners over at 10 Strike Racing. Always love to root for the purple and black around here. We're also going to say thank you. We're changing something up a little bit. The next founding partner thank you I'm going to give is to Kim Weir, personally, for all she's done for us over the years. Exciting professional news coming from her. We'll have her on the show soon to talk about that. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. This show's been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos.